Church on the Hill, y'all have a, uh, y'all have a really, really, really good pastor. That's, that's a good dude right there, and I'm going to tell you one reason why. He didn't tell y'all why I was late. Did you tell him? <laughs> okay, well, all right. I'll take that back. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm nervous, not because I'm at home, but because uh, things got out of whack today. Things got out of order uh, and it kind of actually, the way our morning has gone, it sort of fits into uh, the message. It sort of fits into uh, what our country looks like right now in some places. Um, so, that being said, let me, uh, let me just pray. Let's just pray together. <sighs> Father Lord, we just ask for, first of all, we thank you for visiting with us in our time of song worship um, and offering worship. Just breathe peace into this room. Give clarity of mind. Give clarity in my mind, Lord. Um, I seek your words to speak to us today. Whatever distractions people are dealing with, Lord, remove them in the name of Jesus, whether it's on the proverbial uh, lunch after church or if it's some sort of drama, whatever's racing through people's minds, Lord, we just, we release those things to you so that we can hear what it is that you want to tell us today that will make our lives better. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh man, it's good to be home. It's, it's, it's good to be home. Uh, I have not been here for Sunday worship since, uh, we planted. And so that's been uh, well over two and a half years now, uh, and I've missed it. It's not been a situation where we've not wanted to be back. It's just been hard. It's kind of like uh, those of you that, that have children in the room, you know, the first couple of years uh, after you have your first child, you don't want anybody else to keep them. <laughs> you you want to be as close to them as you can, especially that first child. Now, when you get to number five, you just about let anybody keep them. But, <laughs> but this is our first church plant, so it's, it's been really hard for me to release it and be gone. Um, and that's why we have not been back. Y'all know that I love you. Our children, our oldest two children, actually our oldest three children sometimes come on Wednesday nights and worship. Micah still plays sometimes here on Wednesday nights. Um, so the connection is still there. Nevertheless, man, I am excited to be back in here. Uh, I almost would rather you preach because I've not been able to sit and listen to your preaching. I guess I could get online and, and do it. Uh, okay. Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but no, man, listen, I loved sitting in that seat right there for all those years uh, under your teaching. Um, had it not been for your teaching and your uh, fatherhood as a pastor, your shepherding, we wouldn't have been able to launch out like we did. Uh, and I wouldn't be the man uh, that I am now. So, brother, I love you. Good to be back at home. Love to see your family. It's just beautiful. They're all grown now. Uh, wow. Uh, so, as I'm talking today, I'll, I'll be referring to this church and our relationship the whole way. Uh, but I, 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 I got a video that I want to show. Hopefully, this will work. Uh, and me being frazzled 
this morning. I left the video hard drive at home, so I hope we've been able to pull it up sufficiently. Um, but this is a piece that uh, Steve Taboo and I did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so both The River and Kainos played this video last Sunday. Um, but I was encouraged by some folks to play it again here. Uh, and this sort of will be a launch into, into our conversation today. Justin, give it a whirl, man. We'll see if it, if it works. Let of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I really hey, believe Hey, that's good. Mind. That's good. Right there. Right there. Um, <clears throat> I want y'all to turn with me to the book of John, chapter 17. What we'll pick up this morning. John 17. We'll read 20 through 24. So I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. It's the last verse. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. So as I said, uh, Pastor Steve and I shot this video uh, week before last and then last Sunday, uh, we played it at, at our respective churches. And we pretty much preached the same message last Sunday. Uh, I'm not going to re-preach that message, although I probably could, because I think it's a message that needs to be heard. But it, that message was more around words. And what are we saying in the midst of this contentious society that we find ourselves in? You saw some of the dissonance with those Um, video clips on the extreme sides of the fence, right? But I'm not going to preach the same message because my Kainos congregation is here. They probably don't want to hear me say the same stuff. But uh, I feel like there's another message that needs to be spoken. And it's amazing because some of the things that Pastor Paul said as he was introducing me fit right in with what the conversation I feel like needs to be today. Um, and even before I move on, gosh, since uh, we played this video last Sunday, we all know what's happened, right? We know about Vegas. You can't get away from it. And they're calling it the worst mass shooting of all time by one person. Over 50 folks lost their lives. Think is what's the count? Five hundred something injured, right? Did a little research though, Pastor Paul, and this is certainly not to lessen 
the blow of what happened in, La in Las Vegas last week, but just to give some perspective about our country, because we get rabid about the news media and social media today, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. But there were approximately 49 individuals, as quoted by gunviolencearchive.org, that died on the same day that all these other folk died. Y'all realize that there are dozens of people that died, and that's gun violence, 49 people, by gun violence. And a number more are murdered. So it's not just these glorified shootings that we see. Our country is really in a state of um, unrest and discord. My concern is that as believers, we're not as cognizant about what, what we take in as we should be. And when I say that, I'm talking about both the news media and social media. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 says this. I don't know that that's, I don't, I don't think I have that one in there. So you, have, you might have to turn there. I'll just read it. <clears throat> Not to get too spiritually deep today, but we got to be reminded Apostle Paul says this, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. He's talking about us in there as well, not just them at that time, but us that are believers now. We were like the rest of mankind at one point in our lives. We were lost just like the world was. But this passage of Scripture is a reference to Satan and his power in the air. Consider how we receive TV broadcasts, how we receive information on our cell phones. Think about how Wi-Fi works. All over the what, y'all? The airwaves. So when we think about the media, we've got to consider that there may be some manipulation from the hands of the enemy. That's why we have to be careful about what we look at on TV and what we hear. A few things. One, sometimes the news media makes mistakes in what they report. Would y'all not agree with that? Me and my wife are news snobs. Um, when we see something, I'm a spelling bee champion from back in the day, Paul. So, like when I see words misspelled, it just eats me up, right? <laughs> so, and, we, and I will say, we don't watch the news like we used to. Uh, we got rid of uh, uh, cable, so we don't watch news like we used to. But when we watch it, like if there's a word that pops up that's wrong, like it just gets all over us. And we see those quite frequently. So the news media makes mistakes, not only in what they write, but sometimes in what they report. Got to be careful about what we're looking at and what we're taking in. Keeping in mind the video that I showed you. Number two, outside of sports and weather, the news typically has a negative bend to it. Would y'all not agree with that? Oh, national news loves to talk about who got shot. Love to talk about that. 
love to talk about that. That's one of the reasons why I quit watching news in the morning, uh, uh, Nashville news in the morning. It seemed like every morning I would wake up with saying that would always be black, right? It'd always be somebody black shot somebody else black. I just got tired of looking at it. Because I know there's good stuff going on, but what are we hearing through the airwaves? The news media, negative. So that's point number two. And then number three, this is in regards to social media. I could preach a whole message on the ills of social media. I know there's some positives, but I see it uh, having much more of a negative impact. How easy is it on social media to be untruthful and do or say things that you wouldn't do or say when in direct physical proximity to the one that you're communicating with on social media. All of this by what? The airwaves. Well, people, remember um, growing up, people would call uh, alcohol liquid courage. Anybody ever heard that before? Well, I think social media in some ways is like uh, that same thing as uh, liquid courage. People get bold to do some stupid stuff on social media nowadays. And as I asked Kainos last week, where's the body of Christ in the midst of these crazy conversations that are going on in social media? Where are we? Where is our voice? Are we adding to the dissonance and discord and divisiveness? Or are we building unity as the Lord Jesus calls us to? So read in John chapter 17. So here's the first point. I know we got some note takers. Here's the first point. Yeah, we have got to be aware and be careful. Let me read this. A lot of y'all would know this passage. The word says, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. I'm going to turn there because I might read a couple more verses in a minute. The word reads, be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary, our adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Satan's desire is to cause dissension and division. Why, though? Well, that's because it makes it easier for him to get us. When someone's disconnected and separated from the body of Christ, either because they never met Jesus or because they've been in the family and found a reason to get away from the family, then that person becomes more vulnerable to the attack of our enemy. And if you think about the context in which Peter was writing this, um, they had a chance to see wild animals up close. And so his context would literally be talking about a lion and their uh, methodic pattern in which they would try to separate uh, like one wildebeest from the group or one zebra from the group. Why they do that? Because it makes it easier to get to kill if they can separate one from the group. Satan's tool, one of them, is to get us divided and separated makes his job a whole lot easier. So then again, I draw your attention back to the video clips that we were showing. Discord, dissonance, anger. He's manipulating it. A lot of what we see may not even be real. I want to add something here, though. 
in the context of this conversation about the media and about the division in our country, so-called division, look back a couple of verses. If you look back at like verse 6 and 7, Peter talks about humility. And, and keep in mind the timing of like these verses and the things that he's saying. He says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. He talks about humility right before he mentions Satan's desire to devour. There's got to be a connection there. Our self-pride, our need to be right, particularly in some of these political conversations. And I know I don't have any extremists in this room, right? I'm lying. Some of y'all are extreme. I just know it to be true. I keep it real. Paul should have warned you before I got up here. But in our need to be right, in our self-pride, in our me, me, me attitude, sometimes all of us are there, myself included, we set ourselves up to be attacked by the enemy. When we're not humble in how we live, we are then self-segregating and self-separating. And when we separate, we are vulnerable. And it comes down to a man and to a woman in your everyday life. You allowing the enemy to manipulate your thought process to keep you separated from what the body of Christ is doing. So here's the second point. There's power and unity. I believe, and this is not just Rob's belief, because I'm really, I got all these degrees, uh, Pastor Paul, I'm really not the sharpest tool in the shed. I'm really a country boy, really. So I believe this, not because I'm so brilliant, but because I see it in a word and I've seen it happen uh, in, in, in my life. Unity breeds power and life. So on the one hand, first point, we have to be careful We've got to be aware of what the enemy is doing, and he's trying to divide us and separate us, particularly within the body of Christ. Number two, we've got to remember that there is power in unity. The Lord is not talking about oneness and unity in his word just, just so we can read that and just be reading it. There's some benefits that come from it. Unity breeds power in life. The greatest power that exists is the power of love. And as we know from 1 John 4 and 8, God is love. We also know that God, the Godhead, is three in one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All working together so closely that they are one. There are references all throughout the Bible of unity and oneness. When it comes to the Godhead, the greatest power that exists comes from this unity. And that greatest power is love. We also know that life comes from unity. We've got children in here, so I'm careful. But scripture that uh, I think was on my groom's cake uh, at our wedding reception and the two will become one flesh. A lot of times I'll read that when I'm giving um, a message at a wedding. Um, we all know there's no procreation without oneness. There's got to be a coming together for procreation and life. 
There can be no separation with life coming from it. It's got to be a connection, got to be oneness, got to be unity for life to come. So there's power in unity. Unity then breeds power in life. So back to John 17. Go, go back there, Justin. Whoever's working the computer. Yeah, yeah. So if you read this whole chapter in its entirety, the whole chapter uh, 17 in the book of John, you'll realize it's really a prayer. It's a prayer from Jesus to his father, our father, on behalf of the disciples that were literally with Jesus then at that time. We also know that that prayer was actually to all who would come after Jesus' physical departure from the earth. The first question I'll ask you, and this is specifically going back to John 17, starting at verse 20. You can turn back there and follow along. Maybe I have the words a little bit too small for you. In verse 20, Jesus specifically mentions that his prayer is for those, go ahead to the next, next slide, who will believe him through the work of the disciples. So that's a question I pose. Who was Jesus praying for? And keep in mind, this was really his last extensive prayer before he went to the Garden of Gethsemane and got ready to go to Calvary's cross. So again, the timing of when Jesus used his words is very, very, very important. So what did he pray for? His prayer was for those who would believe in him through the work of the disciples. Then and now. So, if I'm correct about this, Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. We would be a part of this group that Jesus was praying for. So keep that in mind. Second question I have for y'all. What did he pray for us? Verses 21 and 23 revealed that he prayed for us to be one. He prayed for us to be unified. Question number three, why did he pray this? Again, in verses 21 and 23, we see that he prayed this so that the world will come to know him. So, just as a refresher, the first question was, who did he pray for? He prayed for everybody that was a disciple of the Lord Jesus then and everybody that would be a disciple after that point, and that includes us in that group. Jesus specifically prayed for each of us in this room. And as a part of the Godhead, he knew each of us specifically before we were ever here. He knew us over 2,000 years ago when he prayed this prayer. How powerful is that? Second point, what did he pray for us? He prayed that we would be unified as a body of Christ. I wonder how many Christians have weighed in, how many thousands, tens of thousands of Christians have weighed in um, and caused separation with their comments and conversations within the last three to five years with some of the stuff that's been going on. We got to remember Jesus prayed for us. If he prayed for us, the Father heard it, and it's literally up to us to be unified. He's given us the power to be unified. 
and get back to the points, question number three was, why did he pray for us? This is what we have to get. And this gets to something that I said in that video. We have got to be outside of ourselves. Why did Jesus pray for us to be unified? He prayed for us to be unified so that the world would be able to recognize Jesus for who he is. And that is the son of the living God and the savior of the world. So if for no other reason than so that the world can know about Jesus and see him lived out, we have got to get on the same page. It's not just good enough for me to be saved. I got to be connected with the body of Christ that's right next to me, figure out what they're doing and get in lockstep. Why? So that the world can come to know Jesus. I don't have anywhere else to look. We want to go here, want to go there to ask questions about why things are so bad, why we have folks killing 50 people, why is all this racial tension, why do they want to take down Confederate statues, why do we have supremacists driving a car and killing somebody, why, why, why? The answer is Jesus, and he's given us the key in John chapter 17. He's already taken care of it for us. We just got to walk it out. He already prayed the prayer. We've read it. You've seen it. It's been up here the whole time. Thank you for leaving it. We need to see that. So many things going on currently in our society that are causing division and can cause division. As Christians, as believers, I believe the answer is within us. We got to embrace the oneness that comes from being a part of the family of Jesus Christ. So there are a few things that we got to deal with, and nobody is excused from this if you're a believer in the room. Number one, we got we to do a better job of uniting across lines of ethnicity and skin color. If you don't believe that it's real, just jump in my skin and I can and walk live a day. Real talk. And vice versa. Got extremists on both sides and then everything in the middle. And we all have our opinions, right? We got to be able to come across, or rather, rather take down the barrier of socioeconomic difference. You know, when somebody that doesn't smell too good or look too good or sort of fit our um, ideology comes in our um, uh, space, whether that be our church space in our comfortable church space or within our workspace or um, they get too close to us in the line at Walmart, we got to begin to um, eliminate those barriers of socioeconomic difference. And again, I'd be a fool to think that all of us sitting in here are beyond that. Because I still have my own issues. But we got to deal with it, right? And another one is coming across these and tearing down these denominational lines in the Christian community. Well, I was so excited about us having a Citywide United revival a few weeks back. And we actually had um, Pastor Joe Roberts, who pastors a church of Christ, have a night to preach. Man. Beautiful. We're all in this together as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a part of his body, like it or not, believe it or not, want to or not, 
We're in the midst of a spiritual war that's waging on every second of every day. Satan don't quit. That's why the Lord, I think, I think King David says this in one of the songs, the Lord never sleeps or slumbers. Why? Because Satan don't quit. He don't never stop. We go to sleep at night. He don't stop. He going 24-7. That war is going on. Like it or not, believe it or not. But we know that love and unity wins. However, as long as we allow ourselves to be divided because of politics and anything else under the sun, we'll lose battles in a war that has already been won by the Lord Jesus. I heard a preacher say, I don't, Paul, I don't even know if I need to say this, man. I'm going to do it anyway. Heard a preacher say, um, this was actually at Mount Zion. I, I watched Mount Zion out of Nashville, huge, largest, maybe the largest church in Nashville, uh, African-American church. Um, one of the preachers said, forgive us, God, for honoring a flag and not honoring you. I say there's no problem with respecting the flag and for being thankful for our country, loving the United States of America, right? No issues with that. I love living in the United States of America. Don't want to live in another country. But my concern is, particularly within the last few months, with these protests and all this stuff that's been going on, my concern is, is that the body of Christ may be sometimes getting perspective twisted and out of order. We got to make sure that in our um, protests and in our arguments back and forth, that we are giving God more respect, God more honor, and giving God the most thanks. Our allegiance as Christians should first and foremost be to the one true and living God. So always, uh, I like to give, in closing, I like to give some practical tips when I finish preaching. So here's some practical takeaways for everybody in the room. Hopefully some of this will hit you. What does unity mean for you in the body of Christ? So a list of questions. One, who are the believers in your workplace? If you're sitting beside somebody or working beside somebody every day and you don't know if they're saved or not, you got an issue. You're not doing your job. Second question, who are the believers in your neighborhood? Do you know the faith position of the people that live beside you? Are they saved or are they destined for hell? If you don't know that, you're not doing what you need to do as a believer. I know we got some college students in here because they come from my church and I'm looking at them. So this is a question for college students. Not only here, but anybody else that's in college that's living in the residence halls. <clears throat> do you know the believers on your hall? Do you know the believers right next door to you in your residence hall? If you don't know them, you've not been doing what you need to do as a believer. For those of you college students that don't live in the residence halls, I'm coming for you too. You live in a, a, an apartment complex. Do you know um, the people beside you? Do they know Jesus? If you don't know, you're not on your job as a believer. 
in the midst of everything that we got going on. And I add this, if you don't know, and this is for all of us, we need to figure out who we are. We need to first find the believers that are around us, and we need to connect with them. One of the things that we're doing on campus, um, I've got some folks, and we're starting to have a prayer group. Why? Because our campus has had a lot of crazy stuff go on, and we need to be praying about it. So we're starting to get together to pray about it as believers on campus. That's just one example. But it needs to be happening with all of us within our spheres of influence. Who are the believers around you? Are you connected with them? If you're not, get connected with them. Sounds like a sort of a negative message, but, it, but it's not. I think the world can change. And I actually believe that it's being changed, and I think it's going to continue to change in God's favor because of him working through us to unite us. It's going to happen even more as we avail ourselves to it. We've got to release our own agendas. For that matter, any agenda that is not the agenda of Father God, we need to let that go. How can we accomplish this, though, in a fallen world? How do we, like real talk, Justin, how do we um, unify? Can there be oneness in the midst of drama in our world? Yeah, there can be. We're seeing it. We've seen it historically. We're walking it out now. And it's, I said before, it's right in our hands. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. And Jesus prayed for us to be unified. And we know that God heard Jesus' prayer and was moved by it. How do we know that? I ask you to look around. Look around this room. A moment. And two churches that have come together in the midst of both of us having things that we know we need to preach in our particular congregations, we decided to come together and worship. And it's only by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Citywide United, we had 16 churches that came together by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Come together, worship, praise the Lord, preach the gospel so that the masses will come to know Jesus. Even this video, one of the reasons why I played the video uh, was so simply y'all could see me and Steve sit in the same space. And have a conversation about the drama going on in our society. That's another example of it. And take this, I dropped what I was going to preach last week to take up what Steve was doing. One, because it's an issue that needs to be dealt with within the body of Christ, this dissonance and discord that we're seeing everywhere we look. But also, so that Kainos and the river could say, hey, man, this is some unity right here. These guys preaching the same message on the same day? What? So... Close, and I want to talk about 
I'm close this up. This is this is gonna be a, a little my little testimony I saved to the end. And this comes right back to what Paul was saying earlier. Um For us to do what we need to do in this world, because I believe the change is within the body of Christ, it's going to take a lot of selflessness. Um, Pastor Paul said something about Dana and I. You know, you almost made us sound better than what I think we are, <laughs> really. But, um, yeah, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of you uh, Church on the Hill folks were here when we were going through some rough times. And I say we because we're still connected. This is our church. Uh, it was really rough. At one time, really, really rough here. Um, some of you all don't know about those times, but some of you do. Really, really rough. Um, and, and Pastor Paul talked about how Dana and I stayed. Yes, that's a picture of what it's going to take in our world for our world to get better. It is. Let's have some hard conversations. Let's have some disagreements without losing relationship and quitting on each other. Y'all know how crazy we got Christian divorce rate. Uh, it's terrible. The way people get upset in church and just quit the church, they quit the church or they decide they're going to go to another church. Y'all seen it. Y'all seen it at Church on the Hill. We've seen it at Kainos already just because of a little disagreement. Um, so, yeah, there was, a lot of, there was truth in what Paul said. Dana and I were upset about some stuff, but we ain't leave because we love the Lord too much, love you too much. But I want to flip that back on Pastor Paul, though, um, and Elizabeth, they didn't quit on us either when they could have. Paul, really, you could have got the deacons together and kicked us out of the church, Paul. He could have done that, but he didn't do it. That's not what unity is about. That's not what being a family is about. That's not what being a part of the body of Christ is about. And it's hard, if you didn't live through it, it's hard for us to stand up here and talk about it and know how rough it was right? <laughs> but it was hard, but we didn't quit. Had it not been for the Holy Spirit, though, we would have quit. Had we quit on that relationship, had our families quit on one another, it wouldn't be no kainos, y'all. Would not exist. And if it did exist, it would We'll be living under a, sh a shroud of uh, sinfulness. So I'll take a moment. If, if you are a congregant of Kainos, I just want you to just tip your hand in the air. Raise your, raise your hand in the air. And keep it for a moment. Everybody else look around this room. All these folks that are here are here because of the power in life that comes from unity. When Pastor Paul and I had a chance to quit on relationship and be separated from one another? We didn't. And because of that, there's life. We have people that are part of our church that were not connected to a body, that are now connected to a body. We have, young, we have children that are now saved because our church has existed. We have college students that wouldn't be going to church anywhere had our church not existed. And, it all, and I'm not tooting the horn of Pastor Paul and I. Well, I can't toot my horn because I know I'm jacked up, right? I know I am. But I say thank you to the Holy Spirit for calling us to be together. And so, 
in my way, Paul, uh, I, <laughs> I had not told the church until last Sunday uh, <laughs> that I was preaching over here. And he, knows, he knows I'm a procrastinator. My mom and daddy know that too. They're, they came to visit with us as well. Um, my church knows that I'm a procrastinator too. But anyway, anyway, they still love me though. But in my way, <laughs> they didn't know until last Sunday that, uh, well, some of them didn't know until last Sunday that, that I was coming to preach. And I decided really at the last minute that we needed to come together for this worship service. Why? Because I want us to put our money where our mouth is. I wanted Kainos to see where we come from and to experience the love that we've experienced out of this body. Um, more importantly, I wanted us to understand, just with an example, how important it is for us to be connected as the body of Christ. When we left, um, we didn't. it wasn't no church split. It wasn't so we could go and do a black church. Church on the Hill planted us out. We never lost connection. We're just as close today, probably closer today than we were before we left. This has been a good thing. And I wanted both churches to get a little taste of that. So that then, what? You can take that out to wherever you're going tomorrow and be a part of the solution and not a part of the divisive problem that Satan is trying to get us to buy into. And, and for the record, um, back to this whole thing of um, Satan and him being the prince of the air, manipulating stuff. Um, y'all take one more glimpse around this room. Don't y'all see some diversity in color in this room? Don't y'all, don't y'all see that? Yeah. There's some diversity in color. And the, the news media would have us believe something else. I'm talking, I tell our church this all the time. God is still on the throne, y'all. Satan don't win. All of his plans to be divisive and all this stuff, he doesn't win. God, you win. You win, Lord. You win. Closing, I know y'all may do another song. I want you to, uh, I want everybody to link up hands. You don't have to go across the aisles, but just get close to those that are maybe on the same aisle. Yeah, y'all can come on up. Before they get ready to sing, I want to pray um, specifically for the families that are left behind. Um, I wasn't at church at, at our church Wednesday night, so this is my first time being able to pray with a group of believers about what happened uh, last week. Let's just go to the Lord, y'all. And you can, wherever you are, you can just lift your voices. Father, we just, um, we say thank you that all is not lost, God. In spite of what we see, um, what's in front of us when we turn our computers on and our phones on, all is not lost. Um, Satan does not win. You're still on the throne. You win, Lord. Help that to be the reality that we live out every day, Father God. Let's be angry at the enemy and the hurt and pain that he causes. It's seen people die violently, but not be discouraged.
we declare, God, that the legacy of the United States is not a legacy of murder. It's not a legacy of hate. We are one nation under God. United we stand. United we stand as the body of Christ. All those friends and moms and dads, aunts and uncles, sisters and brothers that lost loved ones tragically in Las Vegas, we just lift them to you, God. We ask for your peace to just enshroud them even now, wherever they are, your peace that's beyond understanding. They're still mourning, still shedding tears, many asking questions, Lord. We ask that you would just give them peace. We also ask that you would be big in the situation, Lord, where people are asking questions and confused and hurt, that they would see you and that folks will come to know the Lord Jesus out of all of this crazy tragedy, God. All those lives wouldn't be lost in vain. And not only for the 50 plus people that died, we just ask for healing for those that are still in the hospital. Let your hand of healing go over every room that's occupied by a victim. And those that are teetering between life and death, we ask for life, God, in the name of Jesus. We get so quick to move from one news clip to the next. We don't forget. We've not forgotten them, God. We cry out for them now. As many may still be in pain. We ask for your healing now in the name of Jesus. Mm. And for all the lives that Lord, we're lost by the hands, at the hands of gun violence that we're not in Las Vegas. We cry out for those families as well, Lord. All those that have been injured that we know nothing about, we call out to you on their behalf, Lord. Because we don't have nothing else as a body of Christ. We have the ability to be able to call on you and you to hear our cry, God. closing Lord we just ask that you would teach us show us how to be unified even within our own houses God within our workplaces and most definitely in your church God help us to be unified ask all these things in the name of your son Jesus Amen